welcome back and the mic is yours well thank you i uh there's so much to say shannon that when you start putting these things together in my case anyway i'll ask the lord and uh, and pray for days about what exactly do you want me to speak about and i'll get yeah that's it that's what i'm going to speak about and you know then it changes the next day and then he gives me something else this morning then he gives me something in the evening so i've just kind of learned to make a, a little outline but then just kind of go with what in my heart i feel god's people need to hear at this crucial time because my whole thing everyone on here teaches a bit differently and in different styles my whole thing is getting people ready to fight for basically warfare to fight the fight of their life because as many of you know my background is in i was a fighter a professional boxer kickboxer and i really was a good one believe it or not i don't know i just loved to do that stuff i was um, athletic but the main thing is, is i was really tough now that's not always a good thing in in that sport because sometimes you're too tough for your own good and i would get hit so hard that i probably should have laid down and let the referee count me out but i just kept on going and kept fighting but what that taught me was that was a little microcosm of spiritual warfare and when the lord called me in to to doing this it just so happened that i was pastoring a church that it's a long story but it's really not that long a story it's it's a miracle there's a pastor named John Gogan, great pastor up in New York. Shannon, you know, you know John. He he is the one yes. he's the one that introduced me to to Shannon to Omega Man. And let me tell you how that came about because it's uh, it's miraculous. Now, if I'm I keep looking down this way, that's because that's my screen. My camera is here, so I'm trying to make you know as much eye contact as I can, but I can't see what's going on when I'm looking there. I had a church. I'm a musician, as you can kind of, maybe you can tell I'm a musician from looking at the background here. Got a few guitars, and this is not all of them by any stretch, but I do music for a living, and I have done that for for a long time. Uh, full time since 2008, I just do music, okay? I, I'm a producer in a studio, and I write and blah, blah, all the stuff that goes with that, and, and I've done quite well doing that. Being a musician I and a Christian, I wanted to be in a praise band. I wanted to do praise and worship music. I really wanted to be a musical evangelist. So I would go and plug into a church that had a pretty cool and happening music scene, okay? The problem with that was the music side of me was good. They liked that. They didn't like the spiritual, supernatural, spiritual warfare side of me because it threatened their um the way they did things their club rules so to speak so i would tend to be in a church for about six or eight months and then something would happen something would what would happen was i would start to talk to people about spiritual warfare and it would start a buzz in the church and the next thing you know the pastor would come to me and say you know that that spiritual warfare stuff nah that's we just don't we don't get into that here we don't we don't understand it and i just don't want you to scare my people anymore that would that would lead to me leaving so i did that for a while and i ended up the last church i went to and i said okay i'm done with churches they don't want me 
in there doing this. I don't know where I'm supposed to be, but the Lord wants me doing teaching spiritual warfare. So I end up at a little Baptocostal church. You know, that's a Baptist church that's kind of kind of Pentecostal. Half of the, it was a church of maybe 150 people. Half of them in there were charismatic, some charismatic. The other half were old school Baptists. All that stuff passed away with the apostle kind of thing. So I did the music, and the pastor knew about spiritual warfare, and he asked me one day, he said, would you mind teaching a class on spiritual warfare to our, you know, to the, whoever wants to come and hear it? I said, I would be honored to do that. I'd be happy to do it. You tell me when. He goes, well, let's do it on a Saturday, and whoever wants to come can come. So we did, and it was quite a crowd, and one of the young girl, <laughs> always when you teach a class on spiritual warfare to a decent sized group, you're going to have someone who's got issues, demons manifesting. So it was a, I think she was 14 years old, young girl, demonized, acting out, cutting herself, doing all this stuff. Did the class, and it was, it caused a, a stir in the church because when you start teaching on demons and stuff, it stirs up the demons, all right? And the people who don't want it taught, they want that blocked. You can talk about anything else in church, but don't talk about power of the Holy Spirit or demo, you know, demonic stuff and getting deliverance. Satan doesn't want that talked about. So the taught the class. Pastor comes to me after, and it was going to be a four-week or a six-week course, okay? So after the first week, he comes to me and says, we got to pull the plug on this because the, you know, elder, the older people, whatever, they don't like this demon stuff. I expected that. In fact, he made, he met me for lunch. It's funny at the Golden Corral. I'll tell you guys, anytime the pastor wants to meet you for lunch, it's going to be to deliver some sort of a message, either lunch or Starbucks. That's where they always want to meet you to tell you what's getting ready to happen. So we meet at Golden Corral for lunch. You know, how's the weather? Been fishing lately, blah, blah. But I know it. I know it's coming. So he looks at me and he says, I hate to tell you, but I said, I, I know. I understand. I can't. I get it. I get it. So I'm not going to do that. But that's really my calling in my ministry. And I said, so I'm not, I don't really care about just playing the guitar and, and doing the praise. I, I can do that. But there's, I've got to do more because God's called me to do more. And his pastor looked at me and said, you're right, he has. You do have a calling to do this. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to plant you in a church, your own church, and you're going to do deliverance in that church. And I'm like, well, what about the rent and all that? He goes, no, no. We, we've got a lot of money at this church. He's a pastor. It's an old church. He said, we've got a lot of money over the years. It just sits there. And guess who has all the authority to spend it as he sees fit? Who? He said, I do. So what I'm making an executive decision, I'm renting you a church, and I'm going to pay for a whole year in advance, pay for everything. So you just show up and you do spiritual warfare and deliverance because these people need it. And that way, anyone from this church that wants to go to your deliverance church 
can do that. And they can still come to this church. They can go to both churches. I don't care. We'll, we'll work that out. So he makes that offer. And how do you, how do you say no to that? Okay, how, how? I didn't know how to say no. So I accepted it. I said, all right, well, when do you want to do this? He says, how about start looking today and we'll sign a lease tomorrow? <laughs> what? And it literally was that fast. It went just like that. So we're in this, the first place we went, we signed the lease. It was a hotel building in downtown, old downtown. Every, every city, you know, of any size in America has an old downtown with tall buildings. This building was 19 stories, I think, and it was originally the swankiest hotel around. Now, I'm between Waco and Austin, Texas. I'm, I'm there on the I-35 corridor. This was an old hotel, but it was built in 1903, I think, but it had burned once or something, you know, long history. It was no longer a hotel. They had turned it into low-income housing and I think it's called Section 8 housing. I'm not sure about the section, but I think it is Section 8. And that means people who don't, whatever money you have, you just pay whatever you can pay. And then you have an apartment in this old hotel, skyscraper. I mean, it was old. We rented a down, on the first floor, there was like a common area, like where you, you would register at the hotel. We rented that because it was all walled off and enclosed, and that was the church. <laughs> and it was a deliverance church. Now, the first service we had was on a Wednesday night. I mean, we rented it like on a Tuesday, and then it was ready to go. It was all carpeted. I mean, it, it was a place that they rented because the city owns the hotel. It's not a private venture. That Section 8 housing stuff is owned by the city or the county. So it was really nicely done, ready to move in. Lights all work. But it's in this demon-infested building. Because anytime you have that kind of Section 8 low-rent, no-rent housing, it attracts homeless people, drug addicts, prostitutes, every you know from everything you can imagine. The strangest thing happened when we moved in, the day that we moved in, they had an infestation of bats, bats that fly, you know, like bats in a cave. And I don't mean like 10 of them. I'm, I'm like thousands of bats inside this building, black bats. Where do you think those bats congregated? They congregated at the church area where they had given me the church to do. These bats would be, they would be dead, okay? They wouldn't like be alive and messing with you. They'd fly and they'd swoop, but they were dead all, all over the floor. And there was a line of them. And I know now this was, this is a witchcraft story thing. But there was a line of dead bats. The first time I walked into the church to have church, we had to step over that line of dead bats. First thing I ever taught, the Lord's telling me, I want you to teach on spiritual warfare and I want you to do deliverance and I don't want you to listen to what church people try to tell you, what they think they know or don't know or what you're doing right or wrong. Don't listen to them. 
because they don't really know what they're talking about, most of them. The Lord said, I'm going to show you. All I want you to do is keep your eyes on the fruit. The fruit, whatever you're doing, whatever I'm telling you to do, if you see the fruit of it, stay with it. If not, you're, you're off track. Watch the fruit of what you do and watch the fruit of what other people do who are trying to tell you what to do. Look at their fruit. Best lesson I got. So I'm in this thing first night, Wednesday night, service. I'm, I'm about 10 minutes in. You know, I'm doing, I'm teaching. I, I'm not, I don't care about preaching much, but I'm teaching. I'm teaching on this stuff. A guy walks in from off the street. Okay, this building's like on the sidewalk. It's downtown. This big dude, he looked like a, a Hispanic or an Indian guy. He's about 24, 25 years old, young guy, big guy, big guy. He was about six foot two or three and a, a very stocky, looked like a middle linebacker, you know, for, for the Dallas Cowboys or something. Big guy. The dude walks in, so I'm standing there at my little pulpit thing I have teaching. The dude walks in over and stands. He doesn't sit because there's nice chairs in there. He doesn't sit. The dude stands over there uh, about 10 feet from me, and I'm going to try to get where you can see this on the camera. His his hands are at his sides, but they're going like <laughs> he's standing like this, shaking, and his, his hands are down at his side, but they're in clenched fists, and he's going, <laughs> it's the first night I'm in there, man. Now, I'd had some experience with deliverance, so obviously I wouldn't be doing that. So I stopped the thing, the service. There was like three people in, in there, whatever. And one of them, by the way, interestingly enough, was the very first member of the church. She was a nice, sweet lady in her probably early 60s. I'll call her Mary. She had a little bun on her head. She was like a little Pentecostal lady. And she was the prayer warrior. She was the first one there for service. And she was the last one there to leave, always coming in the prayer line, laying hands on people. She was a witch. She was a witch. We had no She would have been the last person on earth that I would have ever thought would be a witch. She was a witch. She told people that after the church was gone, and that's another story. She, she was sent to the church to, dis, to infiltrate it and destroy it. First night, we were there. Now, she lived in the building. She was from out of town, but her story was sketchy. Never could figure out really where she was from or about her family. It was weird. Well, come to find out, she was from a satanic family, witchcraft. I think she had two sisters and two brothers, and they were the brothers were high warlocks, and she was, this is not make-believe. This is real stuff. This is, this is what she was into, and looking back, I can see it. So anyway, this guy is over there, and he's shaking, doing this. And I go over, and I start to deal with the demonic, and I ask him, what, what do you want? He said, I don't know what I want. I was walking down the sidewalk and something just pushed me in this building. I, I don't even know what it is. Something just drug me in this door and put me here. I said, well, that's the Holy Spirit of God and, and you have an appointment with the Lord. So we did deliverance and I'm not going to go long in all that. I'm just saying this is how this all started. The next a few weeks later, and this was all the time, people were coming in there all the time demonized. If you want to do a deliverance ministry, hey, put it in a homeless shelter. You'll find a lot of demonized individuals in that setting. 
So weeks later, the Lord gave me a sermon series. He said, I want you to take your boxing and kickboxing, because I know that that's I know that stuff. I lived it for so many years. I was a trainer. After I was a fighter, I owned a gym and I trained world champion fighters. So I understand it. it I understand way too much about all that. And I can talk about it for hours and hours with anybody who wants to. Every little nuance. Lord told me to teach a series on boxing blindfolded with demons. That's what he said, call it. Because that's what the, we do, the church does. We're boxing blindfolded. And if you've ever boxed, if you were blindfolded, you're going to get creamed. You can't see the punches coming. All right? You remember the, remember the old Rocky film when Rocky's eyes were closed from swelling and he said, cut me, Mick cut me mick it's my rocky impersonation and he cut him so he could see because if you're blindfolded and you're boxing you're you're in deep trouble so i started this teaching series on using those things all right training as a fighter but in spiritual warfare and by this time the church had half a dozen or a dozen people in it that were listening to this so i Listen, I was listening to Omega Man, imagine that. And I heard a guy named John Gogan, Pastor John Gogan on here. And he has a bookstore in New York. What's the name of his city, Shannon, if you're still listening to that? It, East Aurora, New York. Where is it? East Aurora, New York. East Aurora, New York. Yeah, that's right. And they have a, a great online bookstore at their church, which helps support all that. So I ordered several books from him he didn't know who i was i i had only heard him and i didn't really write a note with it it was an online order i just ordered it and he calls me pastor gogan calls me in about two days later i'd placed the order hadn't received him yet but he calls me he said this is pastor john gogan who am i speaking with i said well this is rick bell he said what's your story man what he said let me tell you let me tell you why i asked he said i'm up here and he said i get orders that come across my desk every day people are buying stuff books and all and we fulfill the order and send it out he said when your name came through the lord said call you he said why would he say to call you i said well i'm not sure he said well tell me what you do what what's your what's your ministry so I began to tell him, you know, I had this church, Deliverance Church, and he's going, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm a musician. I'm a professional musician. And he said, are you a vocalist? I said, as a matter of fact, I, that's what I do. That's my money. I sing and play. He goes, well, maybe you're supposed to come up here and be our praise and worship leader at our church. Maybe that's it. I said, maybe so. Maybe I'm coming to New York. Who knows? He said, tell me more. I said, well, um, I used to be a fighter, a professional kickboxer. And box. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I said, I, I was a champion boxer and kickboxer. And I said, have you ever heard of George Foreman? He goes, well, yeah, of course I, the George Foreman grill, I've got one. I said, well, George Foreman lived in my hometown, and it's called Marshall, Texas. It's where he was for, from. He, he fought out of Houston his first career. But he, on his second career in his comeback, he was in Marshall, small town, you know, like 25,000 people. George had a huge ranch, and I had a gym at the same time, and I was training with George's guys. 
the real deal. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And he says, have you ever thought about doing a teaching about how spiritual warfare relates to boxing and the natural? I said, it's a funny thing that you would ask that because I, I'm teaching a series in my church right now about how that all relates. And Shannon, he said, can you meet me in Dallas, Texas, Thursday? I think it was Thursday of that same week. This was, maybe this was a Tuesday, but it was like in a couple of days, he and his wife, Kathy, were going to be in Dallas for some something, ministry thing. He said, can you meet me in Dallas? He said, I need to talk to you about some things. I said, man, if you want me to be in Dallas, I'll be there. And I, I did. I went and met him for lunch. And we had, he likes to eat at, uh, I think it was Furs Cafeteria. If you guys know him, he's a, a delightful, lovely guy. He and his wife, they are great people. So we met at like Furs Cafeteria, and that's something in Texas where you can get whatever you want. And it's really good food. It's home cooking, but you get as much as you want. We sat there for probably three and a half hours talking about God and stuff. And at the end of that, Pastor Gogan said, yep, he said, you're supposed to be on the radio. You want, you've got to be on the radio. You've got to tell people this stuff. He said, would you be willing to go on the radio and talk about this? I said, I guess if I'm supposed to do that, I'll do it. He said, I want to make a call to a friend of mine. His name's Shannon Davis, and he will be calling you about guest, uh, guesting on the show. I said, all right, man, that, whatever we need to do, I'll, I'm up for it. And Shannon, it was about two days later. Do you remember that, Shannon? you remember him telling you to call me? Or has that been, t- have you slept since then? Instead, I got a friend who um, is a pastor and he's involved in deliverance. He's from Texas. Would you like to get him on the show? I said, absolutely. Hook me up. Mm-hmm. And I thank Brother John for introducing us. Brother Rick, back to you. Yeah. And so that's how the whole thing started and the lord told me to teach about what i knew about fighting and spiritual warfare so it's progressed the the initial message that i got when i first went on omega man was to tell people to get their issues their demonic strongholds under control whatever addictions they had or issues get them under control because there was coming a time when there was going to be an onslaught of dark demonic power coming into this realm and when that happened it was going to be much harder to break through and get deliverance okay that that was the really the core of the message and all of these broadcasts we've done over the years that's been five years ago shannon and all of these broadcasts we've done have been with that theme in mind Tonight is is not different. It's just an escalation in things. And I want to say a few things to the people out there. If you're listening to Omega Man and you're this is your thing, if this is what you're into, you're called to do this stuff. You're called to minister help and deliverance to people. Omega Man's about spiritual warfare and deliverance. And if you're tuning into this all the time and you're watching this, you've got 
you're called to do this. What that means is you're going to have people coming to you wanting help, wanting deliverance help. Now, in my case, because I go on this radio show that goes around the world, I have a lot of people reaching out to me. These broadcasts live on in perpetuity forever because once they're out there, people might see it two years from now and they'll still reach out and get me. The other thing that that I have is a website. It's called heavenlywarriors.com. And you would not believe how many people find that website because there are not that many deliverance ministries, okay? People will type in Google deliverance ministry and heavenlywarriors.com will pop up for various reasons. But what that does is it sends a lot of people to me to, to help. So the profile of that person wanting help has changed a bit over the years. We're, we're at a different time now, and I am seeing the demonic activity off the charts in people's lives. In years past, in time past, People could more or less keep their demons down and not let them come up and take over their, um, their life. Now it's harder and harder to do that. And I'm getting calls from people who are pretty much frantic because of the demonic activity that is taking over their life and going on in their life. The problem is, and you're going to find this out if you do deliverance ministry or if you want to do deliverance ministry, you'll learn fairly quickly in this environment most people want relief they really don't want deliverance they want to get relief from the pain but they don't want to do the deliverance and do what it takes to achieve that there's no um, unfortunately finding a deliverance minister is not an easy thing to do finding someone who understands it or believes in it. You know, the church largely suffers from deliverance atheism, spiritual warfare atheists. That's what most of the Christians are. You know what an atheist is? They don't believe in it. They're theists. They don't believe in it. So if you try to talk to them about spiritual warfare, they don't believe it. They're atheists. Now, they may give you lip service and go, yeah, 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 well, that's okay, man, right. Oh, yeah, amen, but Satan's under my feet. He's under my feet, and I've got, you know, spiritual warfare. But they don't really understand how it actually works. And unfortunately, the hardest thing to deal with, and Shannon, you've come up against this many times, in deliverance is the religious spirit, a religious demon that's blocking the deliverance. They will be the gatekeepers. And what typically happens now is when a person finds you as a deliverance minister, many times they've been to three, four, five, six other deliverance ministers. They'll try a Catholic priest. (laughs) They might try an Episcopal. Anybody who will talk to them about deliverance. They'll try a couple of Pentecostals, whatever. So they're deliverance minister shopping, is what I call it. Hopping around, they're shopping for a deliverance minister who will, listen to me, 
who will tell them what they want to hear, which is, I can say a magic prayer and poof, you're going to get relief. Your demons are going to be gone. You don't have to change anything. You can keep doing what you're doing, but your demons are gone. Now, that's not true, and they don't want to hear that. And they will get mad at you when you tell them that. They don't, um, they're calling you for you to get a one time phone call of 10 minutes, say a prayer. They hang up the phone and then they're back, everything's back to normal and things are good to go again. As you well know, for many reasons, it doesn't work that way. It's not even close to anything like that. And if you want to see someone get mad, just try to tell them you're going to have to make some decisions and you're going to have to evict the demons out of your life. What do you mean by evict the demons out of my life? That's what you're supposed to do. Now, I've heard, I've heard this in my ear. They've told me that the people I'm ministering to have told me this on more than one occasion. That's what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to pray and it's supposed to go. And I'll say, well, I'm not the landlord of you. You're the landlord. You own your own self. Okay? The only one who can evict someone from a property is the owner, the rightful owner, the landlord. I was in law enforcement. I did 10 years in law enforcement as a, as a police officer and also as a constable who serves eviction notices. Worst job in the world, eviction notices. I would have to go and tell people they needed they had to go. There's not a choice. You don't have a choice. When the landlord evicts you, you're moving out. In fact, you're moving out when my car shows up. When the po police car shows up with the guy with the badge, me, you're moving out at that moment. So you can either start putting your stuff in the front yard or the deputies are going to. It's a bad situation, and I hated it. But I'm telling you how eviction works. The rightful owner, when he gets a court order and says, evict them, they got to go. No choice. And it's the same thing with people wanting deliverance. When you evict the demonic strongholds in your life, they're evicted. A deliverance minister cannot do that for you. I can call them up. I can get the demons to be identified. And that's what... That's where you go to a deliverance minister to identify what strongholds you're working with, where they came from, and he'll give you advice on what you need to do to shut the door. Because if he's a, a good deliverance minister, he will be hearing from the Holy Spirit the whole time he's dealing with you, and the Holy Spirit will be telling him things about you that you didn't tell him, that he would have no way of knowing and he will pinpoint specific details of your life and your situation and what you're going through. And if you listen to what he tells you, he can identify what you're struggling with. And it may, well, it will just almost never be one thing. It will be a cluster of things. But if you listen to what he says, he can identify and tell you steps to take. But you, you've got to evict them. The, I can call them out of you, and they'll come out. But guess what? When I'm done, and you're back to your normal life 30 minutes after we've spoken, they're going to be trying to get back in. And if you don't know how to close that door, 
and keep it closed, they may not get in that day or the next day, but they're going to keep coming back until you permanently make changes that close those doors. People don't want to hear this. They want to hear that there is a magic bullet that you can just squeeze and it happens and it goes. And one of the things that has been a disservice to the body of Christ is believing that there's just a certain pat scripture you can throw a a demon or the enemy and they're going to respond to it and they're going to obey. That is not how it always works. Jesus said something uh, very important when when the apostles couldn't cast out a demon from a, a certain individual. And Jesus, of course, could immediately because he's God, he's Jesus. But the apostles couldn't do it, and Jesus said something very wise to them. He said, this kind, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. This kind, which says there are more than one kind of demonic entity. In this kind, it's harder to get out. Now, Jesus didn't say how much prayer or how much fasting. He just said this kind doesn't come out without prayer and fasting. That doesn't mean you do a a six-minute prayer and then fast for an hour, and he comes out. We don't know what it means. It just means there's degrees, there's different things. So when you try to get that cookie-cutter one scripture applies to everything, I wished it was that way in my experience, and it's at this point fairly vast. It takes more, depending on the spiritual climate that we are in, Sometimes those one scripture things will hit them and knock knock them out. Sometimes this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. So you have to do that work. You have to do the eviction. The, the, the deliverance minister can show you what you need to do and call the demons up and identify them. But then you are the one who ultimately is going to have to do, sign the eviction and get them delivered. The um, something... That, and I've been going through just some crazy stuff, spiritual warfare things that I've never have encountered in my life, stuff that's way, way out there. But the Lord is just guiding me and speaking to me through all of it and telling me, do this, go left, now step to the right, now this way. You know, the Bible says you will hear a voice behind you. It'll tell you where to go to the left or the right. Well, I'm, I'm hearing that. So one of the major revelations, and what I this substantiates what I'm saying right now. Sometimes you can go years believing that you have a demonic stronghold and that you can't get it dealt with or get it out, only to find out that you had the power all along to evict them. All right? And the Lord brought that... Uh, to my mind recently and the scripture is in Joshua 24 15 and he said the Lord says choose this day who whom you're going to serve so you have a choice choose this day we always have a choice we have free will now listen when we're bound up in addictions or sin or depression or low self-esteem or we're the victim of abusive relationships that we get ourselves into 
time and time again because it's a pattern in our life. We always have a choice to choose to make steps to change that. Sometimes that's a very hard choice. It's very hard to even see that that is a problem or an issue. But you have the power to change, to make the decision this day who, who you're going to serve. Don't look to a minister to do it or another you know, call-in radio show or any of that. They will lead you in the right direction, but they'll give you poignant words that, that may not come to pass right then. It may be a month or it may be a year or it may be five years. Because I know of situations where words were given, and because that person held on to that word, God made it come to be. Because the person held on to it, the Lord will perform it. The faith, it's the faith thing. So sometimes you have to just hold on and keep holding on. But the point of this all is you have the power to make the decision. You are not you're not left powerless and you're not left comfortless, but it's going to be a difficult journey because those things that have been in you for so long, those have to be patterns that are broken. And they can be. A deliverance minister can break that and pull some of that out of you, maybe pull a lot of it out of you, but it's usually a process, again, in, in my experience. And when you, if you let them back in, those tendencies, those habits creep back in, it's worse than uh, it was before example i prayed with someone not long ago if you're doing deliverance ministry and of course it's long distance i i don't typically meet in face to face sometimes i do sometimes i do but if it's in a fairly close geographical area i'll do that usually it's on skype or in a phone call okay some people don't even have skype to do that so if you're hearing this sound as a minister when you're ministering if the if the phone's going that's right i need deliverance you can they're smoking while they're talking to you okay first thing i do i, I teach i say so listen the issue is is a uh, strongholds demonic strongholds i said in the first one where we'll talk about and dude i ain't got nothing about against you know you're smoking or whatever i don't smoke I never touched one because my mother and dad, I lived in a smokehouse, brother. And I said, if I ever get out of this thing, I'll never put one in my mouth. So that, that's my story. That's not it. But I'm telling you, that is a gateway. If you've got any addiction in your life, it's an addiction. And it's not, God didn't give you that. You see, God said, put you be in charge of the plants. He gave you dominion over the plants of the field. He didn't give the plants dominion over you. <laughs> so a tobacco leaf should not have dominion over you. All right, it's out, of, it's out of order. So that's the first thing we'll deal with, and usually that'll break, okay? Then you'll hear from them months later, they'll call back because they've slipped back in. And as soon as they call, the first thing you hear is, oh, Pastor, I need some more prayer. I'll say, what happened? well i don't know i just i'm just i'm feeling defeated <laughs> i'll say are you smoking again well yeah i kind of i'd quit but but i went back i started but i got ner my nerves i needed to start smoking again so, you know and i'm laughing about it but i'm telling you 
that's a stronghold. And you're going to deal with that when you start dealing with people. And it breaks my heart because what that will do, it'll lead to other issues in their life that are compromised and it ends up being a train wreck. But there are three things that you I want to talk to you about on how to deal with all these things. Not long ago, a friend of mine um, who listens to Omega Man and had been listening for many years called and said, you know, one of the best things you ever taught that I always remembered was when you talked about shadow boxing and being in a mirror when you you box with yourself. I said, well, what did I say about it? <laughs> I didn't even remember. <laughs> she said, well, you said that your opponent sees you the way you see yourself in the mirror. So that's why a boxer spends hours throwing punches in the mirror, looking how his shoulder rolls up to cover his head, how he bobs and weaves looking at the angles and if you watch that you'll see what your opponent is seeing and that will let you have a better defense so that he won't hit you and i said man that's good teaching i think i'm gonna go say that on omega man again and of course the lord wanted me to hear that because you have to look at your own a boxer looks in the mirror when he's training to see how he's where his weaknesses are you have to get honest with yourself and look in the mirror and see where your weaknesses are. What are you, what do you struggle with? Reach out to a deliverance minister, someone you trust, and let them point out some things to you. And they're, they're not trying to be cruel. And again, deliverance ministers don't want to know all about your personal life. But sometimes they have to ask questions. I, I do. I want to, The Holy Spirit will start talking to me and he will say things like, You have an aunt who's a witch and at 12 years old she brought you into witchcraft and the person will go how'd you know that no one knows that i said holy spirit told me well sometimes people don't want to talk about those things but you have to because if you're going if you can't feel it you can't deal with it so you've got to bring those things up and sometimes they're painful so that's the first thing to do You've got to be willing to look in the mirror and and deal with what you have to deal with. And it, it's probably a several things. It's usually not just one thing. In my life, I mean, I'm pretty transparent here. I was adopted at birth. I was given up for adoption. So I had a spirit of rejection. I had to deal with rejection my whole life. And it messed me up because you get into seeking approval. Why do you think I was a champion kickboxer? because I had to overachieve at everything. Why do you think I'm a professional musician? Because I have to overachieve. Everything I've ever done, I had to go all, you know, be the best because it was that rejection, that inferiority thing that companies being rejected, I wasn't good enough. Had to deal with all of it. You're going to have to look and see what your issues are. The second thing you have to do, that's number one, look in the mirror shadow box in the mirror and see what your issues are number two you have to decide that you are going to do something about your issues your strongholds you have to make a mindset that says i'm going to do this i'm going to i'm going to start taking steps that are going to change this pattern that i've had that's a train wreck pattern and you know what i'm talking about a train wreck pattern 
you've let people into your life and thank you the holy spirit's telling me something right now to say listen some of you have people in your life right now that you've led into your life you shouldn't have but you did because we're human we're flesh we do the best we can we see through a glass darkly but you're in a situation that you've let people into your life and they're getting worse they're those the demonic strongholds that they have and you know they have them you know what they are whether it's anger issues or jealousy issues or possessiveness or drug getting high wanting to get high or narcissism whatever their issue is it's getting worse and you know it is and you're you're in this you're living in this thing time to look in the mirror and time to make some decisions you have to decide am i going to continue in this pattern for five more years that i've been in or two more years or one more year or am i going to make some hard decisions that i have to move forward into and then the third thing you have to decide you're going to face the pain and pay the price because there there's going to be pain involved with any breaking of a stronghold in your life i'm here to tell you there's going to be a little bit of pain involved you may get delivered immediately god may do a miraculous thing and pull it out of your life thank you jesus but if you let it back in whatever it is and it i'm i live this trust me you be good for a year maybe a year and a half two whatever your timeline is but then but then the enemy will start slowly creeping back in little at a time little at a time and he goes back to those vulnerable areas and will attack them so you have to be willing to go through the pain to detox literally to detox from an addiction or a bad relationship or a person multitude of things but you have to be willing to do those three things first of all to look in the mirror and identify i've got an issue with this this is my issues and sometimes you can't see it so you have to have someone who you trust to tell you and listen to what they say listen someone who knows you and loves you and doesn't have an ulterior motive that they want to control or manipulate you all right someone that you you know and you feel that in your heart and second you have to decide i'm going to do something about this it has to start in your mind and then translate into your actions and your life and then the third thing is you have to decide you're going to pay the pain price whatever the pain price it's, it's going to be something when you start to run okay like this long distance running um I used to do triathlons and run like half marathons and, and stuff. I was more of a long distance cyclist. I was really a bicyclist. That's what I like to do. I was real good at it a few pounds ago. But I, I run, you know, I haven't run in a while. The COVID, the whole thing just, you know, blew that up. But I started back running weeks, a few weeks ago. And I have a little app on my really, really smart little phone here. It tells me when to run, when to walk, so you work yourself up, so you don't blow up with cramps like you will if you just jump in and start running. So you've got to work up to things. The hardest part of the run is the first mile. I mean, let me get that. I want you to get that. The hardest part of the run is the first mile. Your body will scream at you. It does not want to do that. 
I used to ride, I used to race bicycles and I would, they were like, the races were a hundred miles a day and I would do a hundred miles on the bike and then we would eat, sleep, whatever, and get up the next morning, another hundred miles. Did that for many years. That hardest mile is the first mile. And you get up the next day after you just rode a hundred miles, you just rode it the day before. You get up at seven in the morning, put your butt back on the seat, that little skinny bicycle seat. Guess what? You don't feel that good. That first mile, you're going, I've lost my, I'm out of my mind. What am I doing out here? Then it starts to feel a little better. You start to get the sweat breaks and you just feel better. Same thing with running. So I'm telling you, when you start breaking these things in spiritual warfare, when you identify your issues and you start breaking them, that first mile is the hard one and if you'll stay with it it'll start getting easier it really will get better and easier and then it'll be something that you've conquered that you set out to conquer because the thing's been conquering you and we all have issues but the things have been conquering you so shannon i'm going to bring you back in we have about five minutes left and i'm going to get your thoughts or, or comments on all of this he may not be there he may sometimes he steps away from the microphone when when he's doing this so here excuse that interruption there no it's all right i was i was gonna cover for you man that's that's what that's what buddies do i saw your thing earlier where you had a cowboy chili and i i thought you might have gone to get another bowl of that (laughs) no actually um narita walked in and i had to mute just for a sec told me she was heading out um i've been listening tonight intently and what a testimony folks You know, God's about divine appointments. He set this up many years ago for us to have Brother Rick here on this program. God had a plan for Brother Rick's life that started a long time back, and he's continuing to develop. Brother Rick, me, all of us out there, for his glory and honor. And you're not here by mistake tuning in tonight. Brother Rick's not here by mistake. I'm not here by mistake. Uh, God has a plan. And brother Rick, um, I'm excited to be working with you, brother, because who would have known that um, we would be here today? And someone had told me I would be doing a radio program. I would have said, "No, that's not in my plans." Same here. You know? Yeah. When you were back kickboxing, professional kickboxing, or running karate studios, uh, playing guitar, if someone had told you'd be on a broadcast. Mm-mm. doing internet radio would you have believed him never never would have i had a prophetic word in 1992 i was in the uh height of my kickboxing career and i was running a gym and i was i was a champion i mean i was the the big dog dude I, and I, I, I was kind of cocky and i thought that life's going pretty good for me i was like a celebrity you know a girl comes to me and says the lord woke me up at midnight and gave me a prophetic word for you she wrote it down i knew her you know, I didn't know her well, but I knew her. And I was running a, a gym, a fitness center that I owned at the time. She handed me this prophecy and it said, I have, say, thus saith the Lord, I have made you a warrior in the physical realm and a champion. Now I'm going to make you a champion against the destroyer of souls. That's what it said. The destroyer of souls. And I went, uh, okay wonder what that means she said i'm not sure but that's what it i wrote it word for word it's like at midnight 
and she gave it to me and i kept it she was a nurse and it was on her little nursing i'll never forget it a little nursing pad she wrote it on I had a little teddy bear i've got it i'm i'm I was doing a book. It's in there. But anyway, I put it in the file. Went back to doing my thing, you know, working out, the man. And then a week later, another person comes, unrelated, different lady, okay, said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. She said, the strangest thing happened. The Lord woke me up last night about midnight. I went, you know, it's starting to get, get weird. He did? Why? She says, he wanted me to write down something for you and she said i wrote it he said make sure you write it down and she said i she wrote it she handed it to me and it said i've made you a champion in the physical now i'm going to make you a champion against the destroyer of souls that's right that's what that was two but out of the mouth of two witnesses let a thing be uh, confirmed that was in 92 man that was back then and i just kind of went on about my business but lo and behold after all this how this this all comes together and i shannon the first time i went on the radio with you i gotta tell this and i'm gonna let let you go i know i'm out of time i didn't want to go on the radio who want who in their right mind wants to go on a live radio show talking about delivering demons you know out of people and i mean listen dude you know if you're ever going to be in corporate america again and they you go to get a job and they do a google search on you and it pops up you see where i'm going with that so you cross a bridge when that happens you there's no going back that first call that first night i was going to go on with you was at seven o'clock and uh, it was a tuesday night shannon at about six o'clock I literally got sick to my stomach. I was so nervous. Now, I'm a professional entertainer. I do this six days a week I used to before COVID. I perform in front of thousands of people. Sometimes, not always, but thousands. I've been doing it a long time. I don't get nervous. It's what my day job is. Going on this radio program, I was so nervous. I I thought I had to throw up. And it was 6.30. Okay, I'm going on at 7. I've got a clock on my wall right up there. And I was watching the minutes click, click. And I, I went to the bathroom. I said, I have to throw up. I don't know if I can do this. I better call the guy and tell him. So Holy Spirit said, nope, you're going to go on. I stood in this room. I've done every show in this studio room. I stood right, on that, right over there, and I paced. I paced for 15 minutes and prayed. I said, God. I don't even know what I'm going to say. You're going to have to put words in my mouth and carry me through this thing. 15 minutes, it got up to the deal. One minute, I'm sitting right, I'm in a cold sweat. We didn't have video, you know. We just, I'm in a cold sweat sitting here thinking, Satan, you are a liar. I'm going to do this. That Skype thing, ding, 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 goes off, and I'm going, do I answer it or just let it ring and pretend like I'm not here? <laughs> I hit that thing, and it was I knew it was for an hour. That first show, Shannon, ended up being, I think it was three hours and 14 minutes. I think, yeah. yeah it, it, people were calling in. I was speaking prophetically to them, and it was right. You know, it was right on. I've never done that before. Now, you talk about supernatural. That's super. I can't do. That ain't in me. I, I'm the dude that didn't even want to do this, but John Gogan got me into it. All right? And I said, Lord, you're trying to 
arrange things. Now, since then, this has been a huge thing. Shannon, you know this. It's been a, a huge blessing for everyone. The, you know, I, I've been able to minister to people, and it's opened a lot of ministry doors there. But I just wanted to tell you that I don't think I ever told you that story. But I was so nervous going on on live radio that that's going to live on forever. It's not like celestial radio that you do the show and it's over. These things are archived. These are podcasts. These are this is a YouTube video, and it's out there forever and ever. So everything you say, everything that flows out of you, people are going to be getting to look at it and judge it until there's no more electricity, which may be pretty soon. <laughs> but that's my story, brother. And I'm handing it to you. Take it. Take it. Take well, that's it. Powerful <laughs> testimony tonight. That's how Jesus works, folks. And you know, brother Rick, everything that you have done in your life has been for this point in time that we're at now god is going to use you mighty in these last days there's few that he can count on brother rick there's few that he can count on to do something that there's not much reward on in this side of glory no there's not much acclaim it's the dirty work of the ministry it says some call that's why they don't do it they say i don't want to get dirty i don't i mean it takes hours to minister to people brother rick will tell you yeah it's it's painful to it's people. painful because the uh the de demonized people will attack you i mean they attack you and you got to have some thick holy spirit skin to deal with it because it it hurts man and it the people who are drawn into this have a very empathetic spirit to start with deliverance ministers have to have an em empathic spirit that loves people and wants to help people and that gives you a susceptibility for to be wounded those demons know how to say things and you may act tough and all when you're doing the deliverance but after it's all over those things they say they know where your hot buttons are and it'll come back to you a few hours later and you'll go i wonder if that's right you know what i'm talking about shannon let's go ahead man brother is right and you know if you're listening to this program tonight it's not by accident now I had someone write me tonight very discouraged by Omega Man Radio. And, you know, I really have evaluated over the years what we're doing, why I do it. Um, and there's sometimes I wonder, is anybody even listening? You know, many times I thought about quitting. Yeah. And I thought, you know, maybe it's just not worth it. But then the Lord reminded me. Are you my servant or not? Are we his servants or not, folks? It's required of a servant to be faithful. Yeah. And the Lord made me realize that if we were doing this program, Brother Rick, just to reach one that the Lord wanted to reach, would it be worth it? Yeah. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. One person is worth it to the Lord. You know, the longer I do this program, sometimes it feels like uh, I set out to be a farmer. And I decided to go plant a farm in the middle of the desert where nobody lived, brother, except scorpions and snakes and tumbleweed out there yeah. where there's no water. Yeah. And the ground is hard. And you're taking a pick axe. I've never done that, but I can imagine us. <laughs> and you're trying to dig some holes. Actually, one time I was a construction worker for about five, about three days right out of high school. <laughs> trying to find my way. <laughs> Didn't have to go to college. Yeah. So I decided to become a construction worker. <laughs> and my first day on the job, they hired me. And they said, we want you to go out and dig some silt fences. 
bro, that was backbreaking work, and I'm a short guy. I don't have that much muscles. <laughs> I can tell you, it wasn't easy. I, I I failed that job. But my point is, is it feels like that sometimes on radio, you know? Yeah. We don't have millions of people tuning in. We might have a thousand that listens into the program. And by some standards, that's a failure. And I'm thinking, Lord, we put in hours upon hours, to, you know, 7,500 uh, shows so far. Was it worth it? And the Lord reminds me, it was worth it to me if you reached that one that I sent out there that needed help. Yeah, you're, you're right, man. So it's required of a servant to be faithful, folks. I can tell you, uh, Brother Rick, um, I'm not worthy to serve the Lord. I don't have any particular education that qualifies me to serve the Lord in any capacity. I have a godly heritage. I have some grandparents who love the Lord and gave all for Jesus. I was talking to my 88-year-old grandfather uh, just yesterday. He's the last grandparent I have alive. And I'm hoping he'll be around for a while, but he's 88, and he was reminding me how the Lord had a calling on his life. Yeah. And my grandmother, to serve him, they didn't go to Bible school. All they had, brother, was a baptismal certificate from a church they went to in South Georgia. But they loved Jesus, and the Holy Spirit called my grandmother into the ministry. Yeah. At about 19, and she gave her life to Jesus, and my great-grandmother had cancer. Mm. And my great-grandmother said, Lord, if you will heal my body, I will never cut my hair again. Mm. And she never cut her hair till the day she died. I had a great granny that if you've seen her, she wore a bun up on the top of her head, Brother Rick. I love you want to talk? Uh, I do. I know exactly. That's my first church that I went to after being saved where they had the buns on the head. I'd never seen anything like that, brother. I'd never been to church. I I was Catholic and that wasn't church. Yeah, I know all about the buns and the sweetest. She would take that bun down and the hair would literally go down uh, yeah. past her knees. Yeah. It was great. Past her knees. Wow. God healed man. her. Great granny. Yeah. Never turned back on the Lord. My grandmother had her prayer answered, and her mother was healed, gave her life to Christ. Yeah. And in her early 20s, she gets a call on her life to go into ministry, and she told my grandfather, who was saved, but, you know, he was just an old country boy, grew up on the farm. Yeah, He was capping tires at the time, driving, you know, a fuel truck. And she said, Sylvan, that was his name, the Lord's called me to go to Texas. Will you go? And he thought she was crazy. And, you know, he was in disbelief. They had a couple children at that time, yeah. brand new, you know, family. Yeah. Go to Texas to preach for the Lord? Now, he loved Jesus, but not that didn't much. Hear that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Man. Her brother said, his name was Ray. He says, I'll go with you, Wheatus. Her name was Wheatus. And then my grandfather ultimately said, uh, you know, hey, I'm not going to lose my family. I guess I'm going to have to go. So simultaneously, the Lord had a calling. My grandfather's brother, Uncle Johnny, some of you may remember from this program. He was in the Air Force at the time coming out remember that. of his last tour. Yeah. And the Lord put a calling on him to, to preach. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my grandmother one night and said, I want you to leave Sunday night, midnight, no sooner, no later. Sunday night, midnight, no sooner, no later. And that's the way the Lord would talk to my grandmother. Wow. 
And so they obeyed the Lord. My granddad told me last night or two nights ago, he said, you know, we had a brand new car. So we had good wheels. We sold everything we had. We loaded up the family in two cars and we drove to Texas. The Lord gave us a location. He said, go to Texas. And they were going down the interstate back then. I don't know if it was I-10 or what. I don't know what it was. And they would stop along the highway and just pull over and pray. One of them would begin to speak in tongues, and then there would be a word delivered. Oh, man. And the Lord gave them a destination. They had this uh, minutes book from the Church of God that had a directory of the Church of Gods around the country. Yeah. And they looked up, you know, the directory for Texas, and the Lord told them, I think he said, go to Tyler, Texas. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, not Tyler. It was... uh, it was McCurry or Curry. I got it now. McCurry or Curry. I don't even know where that's at. It's way out there in the boondocks. They get out. Long story longer. They looked up the general overseer, and they get to McCurry, Texas, and they go over to his office, and he said, "Come on in. What can I do for you?" And they said, "Well, we've been called to to Texas, serve the Lord." Now he looked at them kind of incredulously and yeah. think, you know, what are young kids out here. So he called their pastor down at South George Edmund Chapel, and the man said, um, these are young young adults, they love Jesus. They love the Lord. And he, you know, he wasn't really sure what to do with them, so he sent them over to a, a local pastor. Her name was Sister Key. And what they did is, uh, he said, I'm going I'm to give you an introduction to Sister Key. Why don't you go talk to her? They went over, and she was an Indian woman, American Indian woman pastor in a little church down there in Texas and she oversaw some other churches there and they knocked at her door Rick and she said come on in sat at the table and uh, they introduced themselves and said uh, Lord sent us here to Texas and she said why don't we just pray that was the first thing she did she began to pray and then the Lord gave her a message she began to speak in tongues and then interpreted it herself and it's these are my servants use them hmm well, she was the Holy Spirit-filled lady. She said, well, you know what? How would y'all like to run a revival? So it was my grandfather and his brother and the two wives. That revival started that week, and it went several weeks. Oh, they didn't know gosh. how to preach, but the Holy Spirit gave them the word. Yeah. I don't know how they – it was the Holy Spirit. And at the end of that, uh, she said, well, you know what? We've got a number of churches here who haven't had any pastors for a while. They're mission churches. And they offered one to my grandmother and granddad. And then my uncle Johnny and Aunt Sula, they had one that was in another city. He got one too. Everybody gets a church. <laughs> what a- Brother showed up, and there was this little church. It didn't have a parsonage. Yeah. It had an outhouse for a bathroom. And they lived in a little trailer for a while. And then later they moved into the uh, area behind the baptismal. It was like a one room mm-hmm. back there in the choir loft. Was that 1940s, they, 40s, Shannon, 50s? What, what, when would that be? You so think? About 1959. 59, yeah, okay. Late 50s, mm-hmm. Texas, way out there. Uncle Johnny stayed out there 15 years. Grandmother and granddad came back to Georgia, took over a church, and then the Lord launched them, and they served the Lord for another 50 years. Gosh. Pastoring churches, building mm-hmm. churches. The Church of God eventually assigned them as the uh, the general overseer for Trinidad and Tobago, and um, 
you know, they finished out the race. Grandmother got called, called on to be with the Lord. Granddad's 88. He's living with mom. Now, he's not a success by the world standard. You know, growing up in the church, as a pastor, the church would usually have a parsonage, which is a house for the pastor you live in. And then you live there to your assignments up, and then you go to another one. You know, they yeah. drew a basic salary. I think in the height of his days, he made maybe thirty grand a year. That was the most he ever got paid. Right. He wasn't in it for the money, is my point. Oh. He was in it because that was the calling of God on his life. God needed him. And Granddad would go into many churches where the previous pastor, Rick, had run up all kinds of bills. Happens a lot, yeah. In disgrace or yeah. just leave and it was so bad that one of the churches granddad took over in Alexander Church of God in Virginia, brother, the power company was ready to turn off the power on the church. Mm-hmm. All the bills were due. Yeah. This was in the 80s at that time, and granddad had to call the power company and say, look, I'm the new pastor here. I can't uh, begin to apologize enough for what was done in the past, but I'm here to tell you, we'll get our bills paid. Work with me. And he had to send them $5 at a time. <laughs> There was a time oh, Brenda didn't man. even draw work moonlight painting houses. And um, I, I said all that I to stop. St- I can't take anymore. You're killing me. And here we are in the lap of luxury with all this stuff. Man, it makes me want to cry. I mean, Rick, Grant Dad was a faithful servant to the Lord. Oh, he was a God. good steward. I worked as a janitor oh. for him one time. And uh, they had a church in Virginia it was built in the 60s, and they had some of the original toilets. Mm. And I would clean those toilets, and, you know, I couldn't get them shiny. There was no lacquer left on those toilet seats. <laughs> and I said, Granddad, we need to replace some of these toilets. Now, they're clean, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like 60s, 60s models, man. He wouldn't buy anything unless he went to the, the church board, and they approved everything. He had a little bit of petty cash, but he was that kind of man. He was a good steward. Yeah. yeah. He always left the church in good shape when he left it, and he faithfully served the Lord. He was a good steward. And I, I really learned a lot from my grandfather. And I told him the other day, I said, You're the greatest man I've ever known, even greater than my father, which, Amen. you know, I yeah. broken home. I didn't know my father that well. But I have a godly heritage here. And when Granddad finished his race. Yes, you do, Shannon. You know what his, you know what his, um, his home was. It was a double wide trailer in North Georgia. God bless him. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what? Um, people say, well, your granddad was a failure. Oh no, God. Maybe by the world standards, he didn't have a big house. They're fools if they say that. They're fools, Shannon. They're fools if they say that. They uh, they don't understand the true economy of eternity. Okay. I was telling someone just the other day, forget about material things. Forget about that. Get your eyes on the eternal. It doesn't matter. What, none of this stuff around matters. It's eternity. What are you doing for eternity? When I hear a story like that, man, I just want to lay down on and, and cry. Because look at the lap of luxury we have. Yes, Shannon, you have a heritage of that. That's the reason you're on the air still right now. Because you know, I know, 
There's no visible means of support to keep you doing what you do. It's miracle stuff, brother. Am I right or am I wrong? Rick, there was a point in that long-winded story, and that was he was faithful to what the Lord called him to do. And you know what? He could have said no. Many did say no. There was no money in it for them, no prestige, or they may not have everything that uh, people work their whole life for, and then they retire and then you know go play golf for the rest of their life. He did it because he loved Jesus and he had to obey. And you know, granddad is looking at eternity real soon. Should the Lord tarry? He's 88. His health is not where it used to be, but his mind is there. And I encourage him to come back on the radio. But I know that, you know what? Um, the Lord could take him at any time. And when he steps over, his reward is so great. Folks, when you and I step over, if we've obeyed mm -hmm. the Lord, the reward you and I have, we cannot even fathom Oh my God, Jeez. what the Lord has prepared for those that love him and that will finish this race. And we're in a time right now where many are being discouraged, Brother Rick. Yeah. Some are committing suicide. Yeah. Some are thrown in the towel and they're walking away from the ministry. Yeah. Some are really being challenged to think about why are they serving the Lord? Is it for financial gain? And for some of them, that was their their goal and it's not there anymore and they're walking away that's right and some are even saying they're atheists i can't fathom that how could you pastor a church or even a praise team and then one day just say you're an atheist because, but you know there's a big sporting going on yeah there's a big you know uh weeding the wheat from the chaff yeah and um shannon they're they're called hirelings they yes uh, unfortunately this can be a lucrative gig. If you want to do this ministry thing for the money, there's money in doing it. You can take courses on how to make money doing it. I told the story before, I don't know if you remember, but in the 90s, mid-90s, I was a big shot in the martial arts business. So I did seminars all over the United States, and I wrote magazine articles i was a columnist and high up in the business i graduated from fighting and i was telling other people how to run business now and run karate schools and i was i was the top of the top of the market some guys came to me from florida and they said we want to put you on television as an evangelist and we want to do a, a daily show kind of like a benny hen thing right and i laughed i said are you guys joking i'm an evangelist they said oh yeah you are you're just selling the wrong product. You're selling this martial arts stuff, but you could sell this Jesus stuff and make a fortune. I said, I'm not a preacher, pastor. They said, we'll teach you how to be. Because these guys were businessmen. They were going in it as a business, Shannon. They weren't going in it as a ministry. They knew how, they showed me some numbers. They said, how'd you like to pull in about 40,000 a week? These are real numbers. You know that. You've been in the media. You know how that stuff flows. They said, what we'll do, we have a, a angel that we call angel investors, and we've got this putting together. We're looking for the guy who's going to be that evangelist guy, and you're that you're that guy. You know, if you can just take that magnetism that you have, the way to talk to people and connect with them, and we're going to make a bunch of money. Now, 
I never thought of it that way. And of course, I declined. I was not in any way about to get on TV and talk about Jesus for money. I knew better than that. I was a Christian, but I had gotten away from the God stuff and just doing my career, career, career. But yeah, there's money in it for people who want to do the money. That means nothing. See, people are looking at the wrong. What's important is to whom much is given, much is required. We've had a lot given to us. The breath that I have to be able to breathe after all the mess I've been through, a lot, a lot been given to me. But all that matters is eternity, Shannon. Nothing else. And what your grandfather lived that life, man, that, that's an example for all of us to focus on. Not having a newer BMW or a bigger house or more guitars. I don't need anything. I really, I, I don't need anything. I've crossed that bridge somewhere back. I don't need anything. Some food, and I, I don't need much of that. I don't need much of it. I probably eat, I know I eat too much, but I don't need much. But we're in this material world, and it tells us to do this one thing when really our eyes should be, we should model exactly what your grandfather did and try to live that life. Because this is gone. This one's gone as a vapor. It passes so quickly in the twinkling of an eye. Then we stand before the Lord, and we review our works, what we did, and will it stand or will it be burned up with the chap so that's that's it thank you for that story that blesses me man thank you shannon thank you for what you do my brother you're one of my favorite people on the planet you really are and what an example of steadfast faithfulness that you are night after night i can always look on my little smartphone you know that we're all addicted to and i look for the latest podcast i go to omega man podcast thing or i Watch it on YouTube. You know, you don't get all of them on YouTube, I don't think. Maybe you do. But I know the podcasts always pop up and listen to them, man. And thanks, thank all the people. Yes, and thank the people that come on here and do this with Shannon. God bless you guys, because I know it's not easy to come in here and talk for an hour. You got got to prepare. You better know what you're going to say and what you're going to talk about. And you don't just pop in and turn it on and start rattling you got to do a bunch of prep work or you're going to look like an idiot to thousands of people for many years to come who ever run across the video. So you better know what you're talking about and doing. But thanks, Shannon, for everything you do. Please keep doing it. You know, it. Rick, without you, without the guests, we'd have no program. I could come on and do one show a day, but we have no marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, um, a battle that we're all in, folks, together. Till Jesus comes back. God has a part for each of us to play. And we're going into times, Rick, where we're going to see um, the real motives of people manifesting. Yes. You know, you may lose everything, folks, before it's over with, but are you still willing to follow Jesus? Yeah. Maybe lose your freedom. Lose your job. I've been um, watching more of these commentary on people's opinions on how the mark of the beast is going to play out. And Rick, um, if ever we looked to be close to a mark of the beast rollout, brother, it's looking like now. It's getting pretty close. It's honest, Shannon. It's honest. And don't let any of these pastors talk you out of believing that this is all of this, the vaccine stuff. I don't want to get into that. It's a whole other thing, but I'm telling you, don't you be taking stuff that's got any weight. Look, look, here's the deal. If you can't buy or sell something unless you get a vaccine, ixnay, ixnay. Don't take That's the right. vaccine. 
that's they're telling us and people will have this i gotta say this i know we're over time but i've got to say this people have this that's argument okay. though this can't be the mark of the beast because you have to be able to uh, know that it's the mark of the beast and refuse it well let me tell you this if you don't know by now that that's what this is you're not gonna know because when they're telling you they haven't told you yet but they will that you're going to need the vaccine whatever they call that that uh immunization record or whatever you're going to need yes. proof of that to be able to go anywhere to fly to go in public basically to go in walmart that's coming that may not be right at first but it's coming if there's any kind of identifier with it you've been warned church christians you've been warned if there's any kind of identifier that's connected and they you'll you'll know what there is they'll let you know you'll understand that oh well, we're going to know that you've had the vaccine because of this little tiny chip thing that's in it and all it's going to do is tell us when you go through it'll scan and it'll know you've had the vaccine that's all it is no it's a lot more than that so don't let anything with a foreign entity into your body be aware this is where we're headed with all of this i know it sounds fantasy tinfoil hat no we're living it it's real it's real and it's going to be on you so fast you're not going to see it coming and there are going to be many pastors who'll tell their people well you're not going to be able to make your house payment unless you get that vaccination because it's going to end up being digital digitized currency that's part of all the reset that's coming because of this covid shutdown there's going to have to be an economic reset that's a whole other show that we'll do but it's going to have to happen and you're not going to be able to buy or sell anything you're not going to be able to pay your taxes unless you do it digitally with that mark so that's what's coming so make no mistake about it now's the time to decide what are you going to do because it is not going to be fun it won't be pretty it's the reset it's a reset many have been planning it been talking about it it's a reset for over a year now or more in many of these meetings it's coming out and um, you're going to have to see the current system crash so they can bring in the new. Yeah. My point being, folks, are you willing to go all the way for Jesus? Because that's what he's asked you and I to do. It says if we don't pick up a cross and follow Jesus, we're not worthy of him. And you know what? Uh, as Rick said earlier, this world's going to pass away as we know it. The things that we have put value in. Even the gold they're going to toss in the streets at some point soon. Brother Rick, yeah, you know, wages for a loaf of bread. Yeah, folks, your car, your house, your money, your clothes, uh, your circle influence not going to matter anything when push comes to shove, and we're staring at eternity, facing heaven or hell. It'll be too late then to say, Lord, I'm here to serve you. It'll be too late. It'll be a mood issue then. Night cometh, no man can work. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to say, Lord, here I am. I'm willing to leave and forsake all for you. And even if it means a menial job. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Port to the Lord, that's all that matters, folks, is, is the Lord happy with you and I because he needs all types of things done for his kingdom to operate and for his will to be done. And he's just looking for people that will be willing to say, Lord, here I am. And it's required of a servant to be faithful. So what God's called us to do, folks, let's be faithful in it. And watch what God does. Now, I'm here to tell you, Brother Rick, uh, everything you've trained for is for the time we're in now. God's going to use you mightily, brother, as a warrior in these last days because all hell is breaking loose and everything 
we put faith and trust in out there is beginning to fail. Currency, stock market. Right. I just got alert during this program that John McAfee was arrested in Spain. Really? I don't know if you followed John McAfee, yeah. but he was the he's been on the, the he's been on the run, hasn't he? He was on this program one time several years ago. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. he's facing jail right now. They picked him up. They're trying to extradite him. There's many people facing yeah. eternity. Yeah. You know, I look at all these retired uh, musicians, very famous. Yeah. Gene Simmons. Yeah. Paul Stanley. Mick Jagger. We could go down the list. Those that are still alive, that is didn't overdose and you know what they may have a hundred or two hundred million dollars in the bank brother rick yeah but what's that going to matter them when the spirit leaves their body folks no. when the spirit leaves our body nothing's going to matter but did we know jesus tonight so and that's the most decision best decision you and i can make because we're not guaranteed tomorrow there's things coming on this earth that's going to kill 25 percent of the the population when the comet or the meteors strike, when these wars that break out, the plagues that are coming, we better put our faith and trust in Jesus and go all in for him now while we still have a chance. And if we'll do that, we'll make it to the end and hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So praise the Lord. Brother Rick, um, I want to, before we close, I want you to tell people about this program that you're doing, you and your brother, this new radio show. Yeah. Where do people go to... And yeah, broadcast. Yeah, it's called Pitbull Patriots, and there's a website, pitbullpatriots.com. That's two T's, P-I-T-T-B-U-L-L, patriots.com. And it's a, a podcast. My brother, he's a former Green Beret and uh, Army dude, real interesting cat. Uh, he has some medical issues, and he just had a, a procedure done. It's an ongoing thing with him when you're jumping out of airplanes and doing all that kind of crazy stuff the green berets do you get messed up through along the way so um but if you go there we do a podcast usually once a week sometimes more than that if uh if it all works out but it's pit bull patriots is the name of the podcast and you can find it on itunes or anywhere anywhere there are podcasts spotify it's it's all out there and my now the next question you're going to ask me shannon is how do they get in touch with me this, this ain't my support? yeah yeah this ain't my first rodeo with you i know how it goes okay heavenlywarriors.com h-e-a-v-e-n-l-y w-a-r-r-i-o-r-s.com is my website my ministry website and there's a um contact button on there i think but if not i'm going to give you my email address so you can reach out to me and email me if you need help if you want to talk to me i do skype deliverance um if i can help you i'll i'll help you if you reach out to me uh you can reach me at rock and rick one at aol.com that is r-o-c-k-i-n r-i-c the numeral one at aol.com and that's how you can get me heavenlywarriors.com and i've got a heavenly warriors podcast too you can also find that one on itunes or spotify or whatever i'm everywhere i've got them out there everywhere yes. now rick does your email double as a paypal if people want to support your ministry yeah yeah exactly yeah. i did that is the paypal funny you should ask that that's exactly what it is <laughs> So they can send it right to that if they would like to. Yeah. 
Give that email address again. It is rockinrick1 at AOL. That's R-O-C-K-I-N-R-I-C, the numeral one, at AOL.com. Fantastic. Rick, would you look at your schedule and I get will. back with Let I, me know if you have available uh, Monday, yeah. October 19th at the same time. Well, I'll just do it right now. Monday, October 19th. At 9 to 10? Uh, send, me a, send me a text. I'll, I'll put it on the calendar. Yes. You got it, man. You Brother Rick, it. before we close, would you close us in prayer and lift up President Trump tonight who's in a battle for his life? Absolutely. Father God, thank you so much for giving us president like Donald John Trump. God, we recognize that there is an all-out demonic assault on him, on his health, on his family, on his finances, on everything. But Lord, we stand in the gap right now for our president and his wife, our first lady, and all of the Republican staff that have come down with COVID. Father, that thing is a demonic curse. You spoke that to me back in March, that this was a de- had a demonic driver behind it. So Father God, we just curse that COVID-19 and we cancel its assignment on the President of the United States. And anyone listening to this broadcast right now who's struggling with any kind of an illness in the name of Jesus, I cancel the assignment that that demon has been sent to bring, to wreak havoc, to steal, kill, and destroy in any way. Father God, I just pray a blessing right now on all of the listeners as they go forth that they're able to not only hear this word tonight, but they're able to be a doer of this word. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Rick, we love and appreciate you. Thank you for coming on tonight, my brother. See you soon. I love you, brother. Thank you. Bye. God bless.